Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool service from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the news in the world of Airbnb. And today I have one of my favorite co-hosts, Sylvia Lee from Hostfully. Sylvia, how are you doing? Good, Jasper. Thank you for having me. How's everything going in uh, San Francisco? It's been raining like crazy, uh, which is good because we were in a drought. But now with the rain, I think we were good to go. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I, I, I heard in San Francisco it, it rains a lot, doesn't it? Uh, it doesn't rain as much, but this year it's been just... just crazy i mean like literally for the last couple of weeks it's been raining almost every day um and for instance in la it doesn't rain that much as you know but it's been raining like almost every day as well so people i mean people are going crazy because they're not used to it but uh i think it's a good thing we need the water yeah water is important in california right totally totally you can have some of ours in holland we have uh, plenty uh, <laughs> i'll send over a ship <laughs> That that sounds great. <laughs> the the snow here in Amsterdam has has melted, um, oh. and, and now it's uh, it's raining. It was very cold a few weeks ago. It was like way below zero, so it's it's warming up a bit. But that also means that now it, the snow has turned into rain, which is not as pretty. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. At least it's not not too cold. But let's get into the news of this week, and I wanted to start with an article. That was written by Lee Gallagher, who is a editor for Fortune magazine. And this article is about the expectation of Airbnb to top $3 billion in profits by 2020. Do you think they will make that? Um, to be honest, I I mean, after reading the article and, and learning about the different verticals that they are getting into, uh, I I believe so. I mean, with the leadership that they have with Franceschi, Joe Gavia, I think this this is something that it's possible um, as long as they focus and and keep delivering a good experience to to users. And there are a few different verticals that they are getting into. I heard they actually wanted to acquire Skyscanner last year at some point. There was there was rumors about it, uh, but it, it didn't happen. But $3 billion, that's, that's a lot of money, though, compared to what they're making right now. And only three years from now? That's quite uh, ambitious, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree about it. And the, the next article that we're going to discuss is that they've actually only 
use $300 million of the $3 billion that they raise, which is very little. Um, and I think with that money, they they can get to places with that money. Uh, but I mean, of course, as we said, it requires a really good execution. And with, I mean, competitors like HomeAway and other companies that have raised a lot of money as well, that that's a huge obstacle. But I mean, who knows? It, it, it's definitely possible. But uh, other than the article that is interesting, I think uh, the, what's also really interesting is there's a, a video in which the author of the article interviews uh, Brian Chesky. And I thought that in, the interview is quite interesting to watch. Um, he talks about uh, you know all the hurdles and the challenges that Airbnb has faced in the past. And looking back, one of the things, one of the questions that Lee uh, asked uh, Brian Chesky was, what what would he have done differently if he were to start over again? And his answer was that he he would have kicked off a number of property managers off the platform um, because he says that you know some of these property managers who have lots of uh, apartments they kind of like gave Airbnb a bit of a bad name. You know, people started talking about illegal hotels and all that kind of stuff. And it, it kind of took a while before uh, Airbnb recognized this uh, this issue and they, they took action. Yeah, I mean, definitely bad rep in an industry that has a lot of haters um, is definitely something really bad. And I think it makes sense to cut off, you know, folks that just give you bad PR uh, in this case. Uh, but it, it's also interesting that now they do have a really big focus on, um, you know, property managers that have a lot of listings. I think as they grow, they will still have to face things like that. But I think Brian Chesky knows what he's doing. And with the new acquisitions for, you know, like luxury retreats, uh, which is, you know, in a way, like a huge amount of listings. Um, this is something that will help Airbnb grow as time comes. Well, now that you mentioned the acquisition of luxury retreats, because you mentioned before that, you know, there's another article that came out where, uh, where they talk about how Airbnb hasn't spent much of the $3 billion that they raised. They've only mm -hmm. spent 300 million, uh, which is quite surprising um, yeah. because they've grown so much. And, you know, basically what that means is that most of their growth has been organically, but now right. they've actually acquired a Canadian rival and they've paid $200 million for the company. It's, it's a company called Luxury Retreats. And it's a, it's a company that offers accommodation exceeding $1,000 per night. So it's really a luxury. Well, I guess the name kind of gives it away. Luxury yeah. Retreats. <laughs> Right, right, totally. And I think uh, I think the company started in 1999, has raised around $11 million from VCs, uh, venture investors, and uh, in total, they've raised $16 million. So, I mean, like Airbnb paid $200 million, so that's a pretty good exit, I would say. Um, and I believe that Luxury Retreat CEO is joining Airbnb as um, the person heading this initiative and they probably acquired him because of talent but also because of the listings right and the, the article doesn't mention how many listings there are 
But I mean, if Airbnb were to pay two hundred million, then it must be quite a few listings. But I think you're right; they probably they're probably more interested in the people, the team, um, so that they can you know develop Airbnb's own luxury rental business, and also the technology that the company owns that they might want to use. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. So, you know, I'm curious. You think they're going to develop a whole? new platform for these luxury retreats or you think they're going to integrate these these listings on airbnb as it is i think luxury retreats are interesting because it's it's like a combination of you know you going into a vacation rental and you going and staying with an airbnb um to me it it seems like it will make sense to uh have a different section for it probably part of it's it's going to be like part of the platform, but having a different section where you want like a really different experience, uh, where it's more high end and even a little bit more personalized. I think they probably want want to have it in a different place because it's more expensive. So it's easier for people to just find it immediately. I think if it's integrated, you know, if you see the price and you're a regular person, like regular user, um, you probably get intimidated by how much it costs. So uh, in my opinion, it would probably be separate. So what do you think? I think that makes more sense, yeah. Because the people that would pay over $1,000 a night, they probably are looking for, like you said, a different experience. They might be looking for right. different services. So I think, you know, for, for people who are paying $1,000 a night or more, you might want to offer, you know, different concierge services, like a private driver, uh, you know, all that kind of like... Uh, high-end luxury stuff that you wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. want to offer on, you know, on the on the listing that you know, that charges like fifty dollars a night or something. Yeah, but I don't know. Time will tell. We'll we'll have to keep an eye on the Airbnb website to see uh, how they are going to implement this this business. Yeah, would would you see yourself booking one of their like luxury retreats? Yeah, if you give me a couple thousand dollars, I'm more than happy to book uh- something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I from what I know, a lot of uh, celebrities like Justin Bieber, Kim Kardashian, they basically get Airbnbs that are mansions. So I, I mean, I can see a lot of these folks that are very wealthy to start using like luxury retreats. You know? Yeah, that's true. I, I saw uh, some listings because you know in my in my newsletter I always feature some a listing. And right. I saw the listing, uh, I can't remember the name. It was a celebrity who, uh, actually, no, she didn't rent it out. She rented something on Airbnb and it was something ridiculous, like $10,000 or $20,000 a night or something. Yeah. It was a pretty sick uh, place in uh, in Aspen, if I remember correctly. Wow, wow. Yeah. And there are there will be people that will be willing to pay for it. So. Exactly. There's always people who have too much money. Yep. Um, now that we're talking about potential startups for Airbnb to buy, there's rumors that Airbnb is interested in a company called Tilt, which is a company that uh, has technology for group purchases, which could be an interesting addition to the Airbnb platform. Because you know, I've actually had some requests from former guests who said that the amount that they had to pay was too large for one person to cover with their credit card. 
And so they asked me if, if, if they could split it between four people. And obviously the answer for me was no, no. because I, uh-huh. I, I have no control as a host over, you know, over the, the method of payment that you can use. But, uh, I think this is a, a good move. You know, I really like how Uber implemented this technology. Like with Uber, you can, mm. you can split the bill. Mm-hmm. Because it's always a bit of a hassle, you know, when you're you're splitting an Uber with three people, and then it's, you know, it's eighteen dollars, and it's like, oh, you know, it's six dollars each. People don't really carry cash anymore, and you know, and now that's uh, that's kind of been solved. So I think that it's a good move. Yeah, definitely. And I think in the article it doesn't say how much they're gonna uh, buy it for, but from what I've seen, I mean, Tilt hasn't been doing really well as a company, and if I mean, if Airbnb is not paying that much for the company, then I think this is a very, I mean, decent, good deal because one day, again, they are acquiring talent and they're acquiring the technology, which, I mean, took a lot of time and money to build it. So definitely a good strategy. Yeah. And it says in the article that they are negotiating a deal to buy it for 12 million. Now, I don't know if that's the, that's going to be the final price, but that seems like a very low price given the fact that tilt was last valued by investors at 400 million like i've actually never heard of this company but mm. 400 million that's a lot that's that's a big valuation yeah totally um i think i mean tilt was backed by like you know silicon valley's like biggest vcs uh it's kind of sad to see it slowly just i don't want to use the word dying but dying but i mean from I think since the day they started, they've had so many competitors in the space, and it's been really hard for them to keep up to date. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Well, that twelve million is not going to knock off much of that uh, that two point seven billion that they have in cash. Um, so, you know, what what are some other what are some other places where they could go and invest that money? Um, I think uh, something they've been testing a lot, which hasn't you know they haven't launched anything serious. It's airlines aggregators and uh, you know basically competing with. Places like Expedia, um, Kayak, that would be interesting. I think part of anyone, like whenever you book a trip, it tends to be very tedious because you start comparing prices and then you can't figure out if you actually want to buy it for that price because you think it's expensive. You have to ask people. Um, I think what Airbnb does really well is delivering an experience that's just very easy to use. So hopefully if they get into that because they want to get into the whole travel space, they improve that experience. And I think I will be willing to just use Airbnb for that because uh, with Expedia and Kayak, it takes me forever to actually make a purchase decision. 
Uh, and maybe Airbnb will ease that and provide an amazing user experience. Well, that's true. One of the problems I have with some of these aggregators is that when you look, you find a flight and then, but then you can't always book it on the website because the cheaper mm. price sometimes is on a different website. But then when you go actually go there and you put in all the details, then it turns out that the flight is actually not available for that price. That's something that happens to me quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens to me too because I follow this website called Secret Flying, which gives you like just random deals and like uh, error fares. And then whenever you like, go to the deal it's just either it doesn't work or it doesn't give me an accurate price so it's kind of tricky right like you don't really trust the system and i think i mean having the airbnb brand will help a lot if they actually go into that you know i think they should acquire a company called firefox have you heard of them no what do they do so firefox is a oh no sorry i, I say it wrong it's flight fox <laughs> firefox is a browser <laughs> Yeah. Uh, fi- yeah, that's what I was like. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to acquire uh, Firefox. Flightfox uh-huh. is the one. Mm-hmm. And Flightfox is really cool because when you when you have a complicated itinerary, instead of trying to figure out what the best flights are and you know, you want to take into account different connections, how many stops you have, you know, you want to figure out like how much time you have to wait at the airport all that kind of stuff. And then also the time at which you're flying, like some people don't want to fly at night or some people prefer to fly at night. Well, it's a lot of trouble. You know, it takes forever. And I know because I've been, you know, pretty much traveling for about seven years now. And just Uh recently I wanted to book a flight from Amsterdam to uh, Florianopolis in Brazil. And then from Uh Florianopolis to Santiago in Chile and then back to Amsterdam. And it just took me forever to find a, a cheap flight, and uh, I, I couldn't find it. Uh, I spent hours, you know, doing all this research, trying all different dates, you know, trying different routes. Like for example, I would do Amsterdam to Rio de Janeiro, and then book a separate flight from Rio de Janeiro to Florianopolis. You yeah. know, all sorts of stuff I tried, and I just couldn't figure it out. And eventually, uh, I found something from Paris to Florianopolis, and then. You know, back to Paris in the end, which is which is okay because Paris is not so far away, so I, you know I can right. get there. But I mean, seriously, this took me hours and hours. And yeah, what I should have done is I should have used FlightFox because what FlightFox does is you give them the itinerary, and there's professional travel bookers who basically their job is to find the cheapest flights. And so mm. what happens is you. What they do is you, you give them the cheapest price that you could find, and then they find you something better. And if they do find you something better, then they charge you a fee. But if they don't find something better, then they don't charge you anything. So oh. I think that would be really cool if on Airbnb, mm-hmm. if you can just put in, you know, you just give them the places where you want to go. Yeah. And, you know, your dates and that they could, first of all, recommend the flights and if they could also recommend like good places to stay, because then you kind of mm. like outsource, you know, all your your travel needs, right? right. And, and and with the experiences, they could even recommend experiences. Basically, in the in the end of the day, if you could just go to Airbnb and say, "Hey, I want to spend two weeks in Thailand." Okay, I'm in New York. I want to spend two weeks in Thailand. 
you know, figure something out. And then they come back with flights, they come back with Airbnb accommodation, they come back with experiences. That would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, that sounds to me like, uh, I guess Flyfox is sort of replacing traditional travel agencies. Because I remember, like, oof, years ago, uh, my parents used to do that, where they would call someone and be like, hey, you know, I need to go to L.A., then I need to stop in Japan and then I need to get to China and then China back to LA and LA back to Peru, for instance. Um, and then basically the agents would literally just look for the best routes for the cheapest routes. Um, and usually it will be cheaper than booking it online. So I can see that working really, really well. Uh, and it will save like you and I just hours of time, uh, hours, hours of like just discussing which advice you should take and making a decision. So I, I definitely see that as a huge, you know, potential like market in general. Yeah. And then what Airbnb could do, because they're, they're going to be introducing a loyalty program soon. So mm -hmm. my suggestion would be that for, for people who have certain status in the loyalty program, that sort of concierge service that should be for free. Mm. So yeah. I'm going to tweet this to, to Brian Chesky. Brian Chesky. See, <laughs> see if he likes my idea. <laughs> That would be great. Um, I think last thing I want to mention uh, related to this is that there's this website that I discovered recently called Airwander. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. No, I've never heard of it. Airwander. Oh, okay. so, Airwander. So basically what it does is like, you know how sometimes when you want to travel, uh, like if I'm going from LA to Amsterdam, I might want to stop in London for three days and I might want to stop in Paris for four days. Um, and it's it's a similar like process where you want to be able to book that, uh, but it takes it's like it's much more expensive and it takes a lot of time to just for you to figure it out. So basically, Air Wonder does this for you, where you can put the departure place and a destination and add stopovers and add the amount of days that you want to um, you know stay in in each city. So. I mean, that's that's huge to me because as a person that, you know, in one trip wants to visit, visit different places, this makes it so much easier. I love it. I'm just checking out the website. It's funny because I've put in Air Wonder with an O. <laughs> I oh. couldn't find it. I was like, this is a company that doesn't exist. And it's Air Wonder with, a, with an A. With an a. That's yeah. really cool, though. I like it. I'm definitely going to yeah. check it out. Um, good, uh, good find. Another article I want to mention is there's a big apartment management company that is called, I think they're called Aimco. Mm -hmm. There's an article in TechCrunch and um, they are suing Airbnb because they're saying that Airbnb is promoting their users to illegally rent out the units that Aimco is is you know, renting to them. So their tenants are illegally using Airbnb and they're claiming that they are uh, having losses as a result. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, I think, uh, I mean, Airbnb has faced very similar things. A lot of these lawsuits were, um, you know, there are hosts that are actually just renting out their apartments, you know, without their permission. And that has happened a lot of times. But it's very hard to say. It's very hard to blame Airbnb because he's, they're actually not promoting it. Like 
they don't know what's happening in this case. Um, and I think on the article, it was quoted like, it is not acceptable to us that Airbnb actively promotes and profits from deliberate breaches of our leases and does so in utter disregard of the disrespectful and unsafe situations created for our full-time residents and their families. I think in this case, and, and we discussed this previously, I mean, they are not losing money because in at the end of the day, the, the renters are actually paying money and they're paying money on time. So, I mean, blaming Airbnb, I don't know if it's a good idea. Well, I think they're going to have a tough time because there's been similar lawsuits in the past where mm-hmm. other online marketplaces have been sued for the behavior of their users. And mm-hmm. in, in, in every case that I've seen, Amazon is an example and eBay, I believe, is an example as well. Uh, in every case, uh, the judges have uh, ruled in favor of the platform because they're saying that you cannot hold the platform responsible for the behavior of the users, which right. is in this case, I think it will also, you know, apply. And, and like you said, it's, you know, I guess they are trying to argue that, you know, because their tenants are using Airbnb, they're causing disturbance to their neighbors who would then you know, cancel their lease and, and move somewhere else. I guess that's the only way how I can see how they could be losing money. But I think it's, there's just, it's too much too indirect. You know, this, it's, it's going to be really hard to even prove that they're losing money right. because of, because of Airbnb. And then secondly, you know, they also have to, you know, make the case that Airbnb is responsible for the behavior of users, which is, you know, just one bridge too far, I think. Yeah. But I mean, it's surprising. I've never heard of them, but they are actually pretty big. They have like 50,000 properties. Yeah, they're a big company. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's it for today. So, Sylvia, thank you very much for hosting this news episode with me. And uh, I look forward to the next time. Awesome. Thank you, Jasper. Uh, It's been a blast. And uh, to all the listeners, of course, uh, next week, there will be another episodes where we'll be discussing the news and today it was published on friday because there's a national holiday in the us on monday so that didn't give my editors enough time to get it ready on thursday but next week it will be back on thursday so i hope to see you then get paid for your pet 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 get Get paid for your pet.